0: Everything is six degrees to reproductive health, and yet people try and shy away from it. People push it off and minimize that conversation. Coming up on It's Not Human Sexuality, Public health as a whole really takes to heart that service above self mentality.
1: Welcome to It's Not Human Sexuality, the show that goes beyond sexuality to reproductive health. Understanding the foundations of reproductive health allows you and the ones you love to make better decisions about your health, mind, and relationships. Joining us today is Grace Franklin. Grace, it's so good to see you, even if it's through Zoom. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, this is so fun for me to introduce you. I met Grace when she was in the MPH program, that's the Master's in Public Health program I was teaching at at the time at the University of Northern Colorado. She is now the Public Health Director for San Miguel County, and this is the county where Telluride, Colorado is. It's about two hours from Durango. With a master's in public health, professional interest, focus on community health and equity focused strategic planning and project improvement. Her work in contraceptive access launched while interning for the reproductive health nonprofit, look both ways. <laughs> After receiving her MPH, she worked for the Colorado Department of Public Health's family planning program and served as a coach for Regional Institute for Health and Environmental Leadership. Do they pronounce that Ryle or? Yep. Rial. Ryle? Uh So uh, the advanced leadership training program as she's been doing for the last two years, she aims to create systems where everyone can thrive and ensure the most marginalized among us are heard and advocated for. Welcome, Grace. We're so excited to have you here. Okay, so I have to reminisce a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I like to start out with that. But I remember meeting you when you took the uh, graduate reproductive health class. Do you remember that? I do. I do. (laughs) I remember you. I can tell you where you sat. Okay. You sat uh, (laughs) to the, to my, you know, I'm facing the class. So it was to the right of the classroom and um, everybody always sat in the same places, but you were really fun because you were really inquisitive. Like you would, you would get this look on your face and you'd ask a question and I would explain it and you'd still look at me like, okay. And I think, I wonder, did I, what? was that a good answer but she you would take more. notes you'd write it down and then you'd ask another really great question so i was like oh she's just processing this is really great and i used to say in class all roads lead to reproductive health do you remember that
0: i do yep yeah, very formative <laughs> <laughs>
1: And, and then the class didn't believe me, so I would get up and I'd draw a diagram about how all these umbrellas lead to reproductive health. And that's kind of the path you took after you graduated, right? You sort of, you went definitely into reproductive health, contraceptive access. But before that, because, you know, she was in my class, she did an internship with Look Both Ways. And I want you to just briefly tell us what that experience was like for you, because I know at times you were, it was disappointing,
0: yeah, yeah I whenever I think of you I think of specifically of you talking about me being inquisitive in class and sometimes I'll be in meetings writing notes and'll I'll have this moment where I'm like oh I'm pulling this moment in the reproductive health class where I'm just like super laser focused so that's one thing <laughs> that like whenever I think about you that's one of those like major like moments that I recall um, but the other <laughs> big one <laughs> that i I remember it's just reproductive health I feel like like you said, it's six degrees to every, like everything is six degrees to reproductive health. And yet people try and shy away from it. People push it off and minimize that conversation. And it just can be so frustrating when doors continue to shut. And I just remember coming to your office once and being, um, very just like let down and um, unsure of how to keep going forward. I'm just like, how do you keep doing this day by day? And you're just like, you have to, right? And it was just one of those perseverance moments where um, even if you don't get that yes right away or um, certain avenues don't open up, there is a pathway forward. And by asking and persisting, um, that's how you continue to advocate for reproductive access.
1: Right. And I, I remember that day. Clearly, clearly you were you were very defeated that day because you were out raising money for a conference that you were orchestrating for Look Both Ways. It was a, a pregnant teen conference. It was such was, a cool it conference. It was a great, it was one of our best. And uh, you sat down, you said, how do you do this? every day and i said because some days sometimes a door opens Mm
2: -hmm. you know
1: and you go okay and i said just you got to stay the stay and so you did right so then you you started doing your training with the regional institute for health and environmental leadership i i you know i'll be honest with you i didn't know you were doing that but i'd like to hear more about that
0: yeah so um Hill is a public health-focused leadership program, really to challenge and build um, a foundation for strong management and leadership um, with a health equity lens. And um, I know for me, coming from straight from grad school, I went into a really um, amazing um role in public health at the state level for family planning, Um, when a lot of different opportunities opened up there as well. But it was always this, how do you ask these um, open-ended questions, these powerful questions to get to that next level, whether it's in relationships management or, like you said earlier, opening up different doors. And so really, it was a lot about how do you build relationships that are meaningful ask questions and listen really strongly, which has um, really just helped me throughout my career path um, over the last bit. Right Rihill it really dovetailed into this um, power, like executive level leadership coaching where um, again it's that concept of asking open questions, really being inquisitive and listening and um, especially coming into my new role as the public health director in the small rural community um, in the southwest of Colorado, I came two weeks before um, the COVID health crisis and so did not know much about this community, did not have that trust, and was still really learning um, about communicable disease as well since this has never been my wheelhouse until now. Um, And so just having this foundation as well as doing all these different challenges and um, Um, projects along the way. It really did set me up for success to to really build trust in a very quick way, which I don't think is an easy task.
1: Definitely not. And for our listeners who don't really know how small this community is, it's about Mm -hmm. it's a population of about 2200. Is that right? I, and maybe that population expands a little bit during your ski season and your summer season. But I'm guessing it stays somewhere around 22, 2300, which is tiny, you know, it's, it's and, really and people I, I, I know I grew up in Alamosa and the population was 3000. I can tell you how tiny that is. or actually it was about 7000. But and that was tiny. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like being in a fishbowl. And here you are, the director of, you know, public health. And uh, that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Did you feel isolated? Yes, and no. Um, moving
0: being in Fort Collins and Denver for the last seven years, I had a really strong friend group and just community that I built. Um, so mentally I was geared up for a level of isolation, knowing it takes time to build meaningful relationships. Um, so I think I was actually just personally prepared for this in a different way um, because I was expecting not to make friends. Um, Fast forward a year, I've made some friends, but um, I'm definitely ready to uh, meet more people because it's gotten, um, it's definitely hit that point of like, okay, it's the next step, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But um, it's a different, it was a different level of isolation.
2: Well, Uh, that'd be a hard time to have just moved to a new place. mm -hmm. I I would have struggled with that.
1: (laughs) I'm not sure I would have. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm the forced <first> extrovert. <laughs> so, um, but you do love the outdoors. And I think that that's mm-hmm. a big uh, draw for you. And I know that when you were interviewing for that position, I was just crazy telling this guy, if you don't hire her, you're crazy. Because, you know, I would have kept you with Look Both Ways if we could have afforded you. I still, when we win the lottery, I'm going to try to steal you away and get you back to Look Both Ways. So... We can do good things. Gladly.
0: There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the well, mission adult. of look both ways is amazing. So I can get oh. behind that any day.
1: Well, thanks. We're still we're still plugging away. We're trying to get the curriculum still in schools. We have one teacher that's now using our textbooks. So we're pretty excited about that. What what do you think? You know, going through that the master's program and you're one of the I don't keep in touch with a lot of students, but a fair amount. And a lot of them aren't in public health. You know, they got their masters in public health, mm. but they're off doing different things now. And so um you definitely have stayed in that vein. It was something that you wanted to do. But what was your undergrad in? I can't I can't remember. It was um conflict
0: resolution. Random. Oh. Right?
1: So social studies. <laughs> but you know, I think that could serve you well in a public health mm-hmm. uh setting for sure.
2: <laughs> I didn't know that was an Absolutely. undergrad degree. That's Yeah. Conflict resolution. I love that.
1: I do, too. But so but you've stayed the course. So what what do you remember about that about your program that you said, this is it? This is my calling. I really want to be in public health, because if anybody knows anything about public health, it's a tough gig. It's a lot.
0: It is a tough gig. Um, I think public health as a whole really takes to heart that service above self mentality. Um, there's definitely that need for self care, of course, and to take care of yourself, but, um, it, it draws people who have that community minded approach that want to have that much more mission oriented, um, career path. And so I know for me, um, growing up, my family was very much, um, into, um, Community work, very um, uh, big on volunteering, and that they really instilled that baseline. And then coming to the MPH program, um, just seeing people who are extremely passionate about specific um, topics or issues and being able to really have these larger systemic approaches to addressing it, not just one off projects or things that feel good, but these long, gritty. 20 year grinds to really make a difference that impacts people's lives that was inspiring and um i really think
1: is that motivating factor to keep going too sure and being the director even though it's a a small community you're still the director and so Mm -hmm. you have to make decisions for the township that you're in right and some of those decisions i'm guessing are not always popular (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've come to learn this has taken a long time but um, I will never make everyone happy and that's okay because if you stick to your true north of um, what is that bottom value and for me in public health it's preventative care and keeping our community healthy regardless of the people on both ends it, it'll be okay and um, we'll stay true to our um, our approach
2: Right, yeah for the greater good for the greater good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to have some thick skin to do what you're doing, I'm, I'm assuming.
0: Thick skin or something else. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Grace has such a great disposition as far as sort of a, we'll just roll with that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Just
1: move on to the next conflict or the next agreement, whatever. What do you think is your next big thing that you're going to be working through where you are now?
0: Oh, gosh. Um, Someone asked me, they're like, Where do you see yourself in five years? I was like, Oh, I just want to see myself in two years. Um, (laughs) And so, um, yeah, public health here is really fascinating. Um, Reading literature about mountain communities in Colorado is one thing, and then living it is completely different. But Access to healthy services, whether it's um, affordable fresh food or affordable housing, um, is really lacking here. And I think it's easy when you're from a distance to minimize it and be like, oh, you could just drive to Montrose, which is an hour and a half drive. No big deal, right? But it's not realistic. And then a lot of that social determinants of health, how people live, work, play, um, really key into mental health and behavioral health. Um, So there's already a need to expand and better support all of the great work that's been um, occurring in behavioral and mental health in our county. Um, But with COVID especially, it's compounded and um, has become even more so um, an area that we can really focus on and make a huge impact
1: for. Definitely. I think, um, you know, you hit on some key notes there. Mm -hmm. One of them is affordable housing. It's not just telluride. I mean, we have issues like that in Aspen and Vale and mm-hmm. where the people who actually work the town that keep the town moving, that keep the resorts moving can't even afford to live there. You know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's the same kind of experience or if we or if you're just sort of working off of the fact that there just isn't enough places to live. Um, you know, in, in your situation both. that might be both. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you're you're about uh how far are you from Durango about two, two hours, hours? Mm-hmm. two, two hours, two, two
0: and a half, maybe. Yeah. Depending
1: on weather. Right. Yeah. So that's probably Montrose. So you're sandwiched somewhere between Montrose and Durango and they're bigger, but probably have the same issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not as bad in Durango, uh, cause of the university. I can't remember if Montrose has a university or not. I don't think they do. Oh, um, I know Mesa does, but so. yeah. So how do you, how do you think that can be fixed? I don't know. Um,
0: <laughs> no, there's there, it's a it's a big juicy problem. It's it's a long hard road ahead. Um, there's a lot of really great work already being done, um, but it's really how do you bring it together and make mm-hmm. it a more coordinated effort? How do you better um, have coordinated communication so folks know about services? And then to your point about being in this like interesting hub where we're remote but also somewhat connected to places. How do we better leverage these regional partnerships to also maximize um, what's already going on in Montrose and Durango so we don't have to reinvent the wheel? Um, right. Yeah. So it's complex because there's no one, one golden um, answer.
1: Right. Uh, how big are the schools there, the, the you know K through 12? What are you... Small. What kind of services? You know, like we're always talking about, you know me, I'm, I'm all about... Yeah access to contraception, access to, to reproductive health information. Mm -hmm. I mean, growing up in a small town, we had a very high teen pregnancy rate. They said, Oh, well we have to bring in Planned Parenthood. So they put Planned Parenthood on main street where all the parents work. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) Um, but anyway, so what, what do you see in that realm?
0: Yeah. Um, lots of work to be done there too. Um, from the public health perspective, uh, The local public health agency that I now work with, um, we used to hold a family planning um, space um, where we had contraceptive access um, and sexual health education. But um, this last year, we let go of that grant. And really, um, for me, uh, I asked for support from the Board of Health to um, back our two current medical centers to um, better train their staff so they can have culturally competent, comprehensive um, contraceptive conversations with their patients. That's a tongue twister. Um, As (laughs) as well as accessing whatever contraceptives people want. And so um, the board approved a budget of uh, $32,000 to get divided between the two um, to move this forward in a place that Is more appropriate and is not on Main Street, which our office is. So
1: funny that you say that. It's kind of funny, but it really kind of isn't, right? So I mean, who's going to go there? Like nobody's going to see me. Well, especially in a small town, you know, people talking and go, "Hey, I saw your daughter go into Planned Parenthood. You know, what's up?"
0: To be fair, we do have an alleyway, so you can go around the back if you don't (laughs) want to be seen. But uh, I'd rather it be, you know, get your care where you're getting care.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and what about the classes are they teaching any type of health education in classes or there is some healthy relationship work that gets um
0: uh, that's put on through our um, resource center here in san miguel but um there's definitely a lot of opportunity for increased education and conversation around um, reproductive health
1: i was just about to turn to mandy and say hey we'll go down We'll, we'll do some professional development for your folks. Be glad to do it. Love to do it. You know me. I'd love to do it. Uh we'll send you textbooks. We'll uh we'll do it. Let's set a I was date. Say,
0: yeah. Last time we talked, there was textbooks galore. And you know, you yeah. were just very um welcoming and opening and giving. So
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm there for still it. are. We we have our second edition out where I'm getting ready to probably look at it one more time and probably change a few things, but you know. All this stuff is a lot of it's the same. Anatomy, physiology, and contraceptions and how they work. <laughs> and that doesn't change much. No, it doesn't. Language changes, though, has yeah. changed a lot. So are you glad you did this?
0: I am. I, I I think every once in a while there's been some pretty low lows. Um, but even during those moments, um, I wouldn't trade it.
1: Yeah. Here's a here's a news flash. That's forever. <laughs> when you're no. when you're when you're in public health and when you're trying to, did I I burst her bubble? I didn't mean to do that.
2: But I don't think Grace's bubble can be burst. Look I don't at that either.
1: Face. I know yeah. she's always so cheerful. Well, um, is there anything that you think we should know? Like, what what hmm. do you think our listeners should know? That's really important about. Uh, mountain town and public health other than, I mean, obvious, the obvious of things that are being shut down or things that aren't being paid attention to, or, you know, as somebody who visits a mountain town, what, what advice do you have for visitors and tourists? That's a really good
0: question. Um, this is something that as somebody who was visiting mountain towns, being, um, somebody who lived on the front range, I definitely, always knew people lived there, right? But when mm-hmm. you're in vacation mode, you're in vacation mode and it's definitely a different hat. And it is really interesting to see from a human behavior standpoint, what sensible things get turned off, um, when you do <laughs> enter vacation <laughs> mode. <laughs> so I like, would just ask, uh, yeah, like people to be kind and patient and, um, just really humanize, um, whatever experience you are doing, whether it's a guiding tour or you're walking down main street.
1: (laughs) Oh, I so hear that. I so hear that. Yeah. There's that. There is that it's it's sort of what we often can say, the ugly tourist, right. That just Mm -hmm. can be too demanding or just Mm -hmm. not patient or you know take a look around you people are this is my vacation (laughs) and i want margarine darn it not butter so uh (laughs) you know stuff like that and i think that that's a that's a really important distinction It, it probably makes you look at people a little bit differently
0: absolutely and i would say there's a lot that isn't seen in mountain communities um across the board that's churning underneath the surface, um, which I think is everywhere, but it's, it's just very much, um, expanded here. Um, when you, once you see it. Sure. Do you, do you walk down the street now and people recognize you? Um, it's hard with masks and beanies and a long jacket, right? With your hood up right now. <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: Nobody can see anything. She does it by exactly. design, right?
0: <laughs> so occasionally, um, it is really interesting, though. I know um, that
2: jacket. Oh,
0: <laughs> oh yeah. It's great. People recognize my dog more than me, and they'll be like, oh, oh I there saw you go. walking your dog. So, yeah, yeah. But folks are friendly here.
1: Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. I can imagine, yeah. you know, like I said, I grew up in a small town and then yeah. our cabin is in Southern Colorado and we go to Creed, which is like a population of 300. So, you know, def- mm-hmm. everybody definitely knows everybody, but I think there's a lot to be said for that. And I, for one, am just really, really proud of you and just glad to know you and glad to see that, you know, you're really making it happen. And it's cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, cool. Mandy and I have You know, we've worked with you and Mm -hmm. just really, really proud of you.
0: Thank you. I feel the proudness. um, And I would really like, I'm so fortunate. And when I think of privilege and everything, I just to have such strong female mentors in my life that say you are capable, you can do this, I am proud of you. Um, that's what's really like, I mean, like, of course, me, I'm cool, too. But that support <laughs> <laughs> has really lifted me up to um, be able to reach and stretch myself. So thank you, too, as well. Oh, my yeah. God. our pleasure. We you see know, that.
2: there really is something to be said for having female mentors mm-hmm. when, you know, I mean, Betsy's a mentor of mine as well, you know, so that's, Absolutely. I mean, I, I I get it from that perspective as well because you Thank know. You.
1: Well, yeah. I mean. Yeah, that's because I'm old. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> wait, sixty and sassy. <laughs>
1: yeah, there it is. <laughs> oh, people always go you don't look 60 and I go, I know, I look 70. No, <laughs> that is so not true. I right? know, I know, it's I'm not... just kidding. But it's so funny when people say that, it's like, oh, yeah. well. But I, don't, I don't even know what that looks like. It's just a number. It is just a number. But you're right, Grace, and we do stand on the shoulders of others. And I, I stood on many a shoulder, and so it's mm-hmm. always fun to definitely pay it forward. Absolutely. But fine. I want to thank you for your time with us today. I, it's, It really does me good to see you and to see you flourishing and doing such a great job. Cause I, I gotta tell you, I, I Google you and I listen, oh. I, I, re- I read those, I read those articles, right? Oh, You're holding your own. <laughs> I'm keeping my eye
0: on you. These are some good, warm fuzzies. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: and, and it
2: was really good to see you. I haven't seen you in years. I, I mean, since yeah, it's
1: been since,
2: since near three. that conference, at least. I mean, gosh, for sure.
1: But thank you for your time. And, um, keep rocking it.
2: Woohoo.
1: And when I win that, you know, lottery and we have a ton of money, I'm going to call you. In a heartbeat, I would, <laughs> I would say yes. So, <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else you'd like to no, say? No,
0: I just miss you both. And thank you for thinking of me. This is truly an honor to get plugged into this. Um, it's been fun oh, listening yeah. to you all as well. So yeah,
2: yeah. No great. great to have you on. Yeah. she's always joyful. Yeah, she never see her without a smile on her face. And never. I mean, I know that she's had hard times and all that oh, stuff, for sure. but she really does just radiate that that cheerfulness and joy, like it's
1: I know. Yeah. Very cool. It can't be easy, right? Mm-hmm. You're in a small uh, small towns are so they can be so amazing and they are, you know. But they they're kind of a tough nut to crack, right? Because you're an outsider. Yeah, it's
2: like a click a whole for, yes. a whole town click there's some like, high schools Hi. that are bigger than
1: that oh yeah i know
2: right for sure so i've never since. lived in a small town so i don't oh, really know anything about that i but. think
1: everybody should have to do that <laughs> just once
2: i've always been a denver suburbs girl until i moved to northern colorado so yeah i lived in Berthoud for like six months does that count
1: no because hmm. you're not isolated I know you're not
2: isolated it's too close to everything
1: yeah sorry eh. wrong answer okay <laughs> So it was good to see her. It was. It was really good to
2: see her. I didn't realize how long it had been, but.
1: Well, she was really one of our top interns, for
2: sure. She really made it happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That conference that she orchestrated was our best. It was by far our best. I mean, we didn't necessarily have the best attendance at that one, but it was the most most we had pretty no, good ones that was that
1: was the one we had the most yeah i was, right? I, was I was confusing was at, it with uh, the other campus, not yeah. the one in denver yeah. yeah i
2: was confusing the ones yeah that was a yeah that was a really good one yeah she had yeah. set up everything we needed and yeah, yeah. it was for
1: pregnant teens mm-hmm. and moms pregnant moms yep. yeah it was good
2: wish i had her back yeah Helping for sure. us with all but the
1: stuff. we're gonna take her up on that go down to telluride and do some professional development i think that would be great
2: This podcast was created to promote Look Both Ways and the textbook written by Dr. Cairo. Look Both Ways is a nonprofit organization based in Loveland, Colorado, with a mission to educate our youth about their reproductive health to make informed decisions for their future. We do this by educating the educators through professional development, and we also put on free conferences for both teens and parents of teens. Textbooks used in schools are donated by Look Both Ways to eliminate the money obstacle for schools interested in piloting or adopting our curriculum and textbook. As a nonprofit, we are always fundraising and accepting donations. For more information about Look Both Ways, our fundraising efforts, getting a textbook donated to you, or to make a donation, please visit us at lookbothways.us. This podcast was produced by Peach Islander Productions in Fort Collins, Colorado.
1: This is Dr. B
2: and Mandy Johnson wishing you well.
1: Be sure and catch all our episodes of It's Not Human Sexuality on Spotify, Podbean, even iHeart, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Even funny. I don't even know why we're laughing.
1: It's <laughs> just <She's> that <laughs> time of day.